0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the kennel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I sat in a turnout room working for the prison system in Texas, and the lieutenant walked in, and he set his paperwork down. He's probably looking at about 30 of us, 20, 20 to 30, I don't remember off the top of my head. He said, how many of y'all in here, we were working second shift, which was a two to 10 shift. He said, how many people in here have been in a riot? Me and my brother guy raised his hand. I was in a riot and there's two forms of riots in a prison system. There's inmate on inmate riot. And then there's inmate on officer riot. And my riot was inmate on officer OJT when I, I wasn't even off OJT for I was in my uh my riot but the reason that the lieutenant was asking is because there was supposed to be a big ethnic gang fight on the rec yard that evening and because me and my brother and one other guy were the only ones that had ever been in a riot the lieutenant put me on the rec yard with the riot happening thanks Lou uh he put me on the rec yard he put my brother at the searcher's desk which was kind of like the main hub where you called into, and then uh, he put the other guy as a utility officer that could just go wherever he needed. So anyway, I walk out there on the rec yard, and anyway, I'm standing around, and you can see all these different ethnicities are over there talking and everything, and they're all glancing over at me, and I'm chewing on my fingernail, everything like that, and they start lining up and start jawing at each other, but everybody's looking at me, Right? I just sit there and smile, act like I don't know anything that's going on. Because see, here's what was going to happen. I, and to know, maybe at this unit, not every unit, but in this situation, I knew what they were waiting on was for me to call in a 10-10. An inmate on inmate fight. Because as soon as I called it in... It would be probably 30 to 45 seconds before gas grenades came out, and you know all this other stuff to break it up. So they were waiting on me to call it in, so that they could start fighting, so that everybody, so that it would be broke up in about a minute, right? And then they would, you know, blah blah blah. Well, I just stood there, and they lined up, and they even got in each other's faces. I just sat there and watched. Finally, one of the ethnic leaders walked over to me. Real quiet guy. He was a nice guy. He walked over. And said, uh, hey, how you doing? You going on over there?" Oh, I see it. You gonna call it in? He said, "What do you mean, eventually?" And I said, "Look, and I know you're waiting on me to call it in so y'all can start fighting so nobody gets hurt too bad." And he goes, "Oh, that's not what we're doing." I said, "Oh, it is, and you know it, and I know it too." And I said, "So y'all just carry on with whatever you're doing." He said, "Are you in?" I said, "Eventually." He said, what are "You waiting on?" And I told him something. I said, in life, you have to for your own actions, which I won't do here. If this goes down, y'all will be responsible for starting it, not my He said, go on. And I said, until everyone learns their lesson, good luck. Today, we start a three-week series on personality called Riding Your Own Bronk. It's a lesson, a biblical lesson. What are we actually responsible? Because I think that most times this worldview that we operate in right now operates under these assumptions. Number one, anything that I do wrong is somebody else's fault. They made me do it. That's the way this world operates. There's little to no personal there's little to no personal responsibility. Yet God has a lot of things to say about it. Oh and by, they never fought. They never fought. So let's get started. Personal responsibility. Ride your own bronc. One of the things that you are responsible for, and you're not going to be able to stand up. I got good news and bad news. Okay, when it when your time, and it will. Okay, when your time comes, you're not going to be able to stand in front of God and go, "Well, God wasn't that great of a Christian, but Kevin wasn't that great of a preacher." news for me, bad news for you, right? (laughs) I'm not responsible. I'm not responsible because here's the deal. You are responsible for your own growth. You are responsible for your own growth. If you only grow this much, it's probably because you only put in this much work. If you grow this much, it's probably because you worked your tail off. And in 2 Peter 3, verse 18, Peter says this, Now, but grow, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. It's the very last. Second Peter chapter three. Growth is your own responsibility. Listen, if, if you're not quite sure what I mean by growth is responsibility, maybe these will help you. You get out of it what you put it. Okay? That's that's what growth. Growth measurement by which people look at how much they put in and how much they've got out of something. You get out of it what you put into it. The Bible, you reap what you sow. Your growth is your responsibility. The Bible also says, give and it will be given back. People that say, Well, you know, well, nobody loves me. You want to know how to be loved? Love others. Love others. Well I do, right? Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. Man, you're going to get service right here. Man, where's your mind at right now? Is it on helping God? Or are you thinking about the golf game this afternoon or what you got to do? And, and we're all human, right? Our own growth. No one is going to make you grow. As a matter of fact, they can't. I have tried to teach people things. And the, the thing that I hear most often is, well, I can't, well, I can't, well, I can't. And you know what? They're exactly right. Can't, never could do nothing. That's what my dad used to always tell me. Is, it, is that anybody else's dad? Can't, never could do nothing. What was yours, Mitch? Are we can, huh? Well, you can be happy about it or you can cry about it, but you're, that doesn't apply to Christianity, Right. Nobody can make you grow. You will be judged on your own personal relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, how do you grow? How does a person grow? I mean, we're talking on responsibility. We might be saying, you know what, Kevin? I kind of understand what you're talking about there. Or that we grow. I think it's pretty easy. You grow. Okay? You don't grow. Nothing. Don't grow by doing nothing. You grow by doing. Listen, and and, you know all these videos that everybody buys. Sure enough, teach you something, but you got to do it to learn it. I mean, just watching. I don't care if you're a little eight Pirelli. If you can't do it on your horse, you don't know what you're doing, right? I mean, just knowledge is one thing, but putting something into practice is another thing. That's how we grow: is being able to put what we know into that's how. I Call it a four-legged stool approach. I use three stool approach, but I added something to it that I thought was very important. So my four-legged chair approach to growing in Christ is this: pray. It's really hard to grow without an active prayer life, and I'm not talking about an active want list. God, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. I'm here for a minute. That ain't that hard. I can do that. Uh, I can't do it now. Pray. That's one leg of our four-legged stool. The second, read the Bible. It's God's love letter to you. And I'm not saying you can't grow personally without reading the Bible, but you, our verse says, but grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You have a love letter from God. It is the number one best-selling book ever it's never since it first went into print it's never been beaten the bible is the number one selling book of all time just like it was 200 years ago just like it is today it's still the number one book so if you want to grow get a prayer life it's a conversation a want list it's not a gripe list although during prayer make it all encompassing Tell him, th- you know start off with what you're th- okay what you're thankful for Tell him how your day was. Tell him about the exciting thing going on. And you can also tell him about the heart. And you know what? Prayer doesn't ever... In my opinion, prayer hasn't ever changed anybody. It changes how we deal with those that don't. Right? Or if they don't. Four-legged soul, of Read the Bible. What we're doing right now. Go to church. Okay? And it's not about the sermon. It's about the fellowship. Look around here. And you know what? Would you pan around... Willie, show how many people are here. This is why we're here. It's all the ecclesia, ring of like-minded believers. One purpose and one purpose that is to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Amen. We come to church. You know, I think probably most of you have heard about the, been to church in a while, and the preacher walks up and knocks on the door, and he says, come in. The guy says, And they sit down, and the guy knows why the preacher's here. The preacher knows why he's there and everything. And neither one of them say anything for a long time, just staring into the fire. And then the preacher gets the little tongs out. He goes over there, and he gets a coal. And he moves it over there to the hearth all by itself. And he puts the tongs back, and he sits down, and then immediately that coal goes out. He pats the guy on the shoulder and walks out, and the guy was in church the next Sunday. Because we need each other, y'all. Y'all make me better, and I hope that it's reciprocal to that. That's why we do this. You want to grow, you've got to pray, you've got to go to church. And here's the fourth thing, okay? You've got to put all of that into practice. Man, just, know, just going to church and just praying and just reading the good book without ever putting any of that stuff to practice in our own lives, it's meaningless. It's meaningless. So, what am I talking about? Man, I'm not saying anything in particular. Be kind and be nice. Nice doesn't cost you anything. Kindness costs you everything. Go, friend. Go see a widow or a widower. Take food or help us set up and tear down. I mean, there's 150 people in here. You got like three people that do all. The- and I'm not trying to shame you, but I'm saying if you want a place to put your faith into action. How about you help set up all this so that we can news to the rest of the world? I mean, there's simple things. There's simple things to do. Call someone that's having a hard time. Help set up. Join the Long x struggling family. Do something for somebody else. Putting what you have learned from praying, reading the book, going to church, put those things into practice where everybody else and do it only for their benefit. yours. That's what I mean by do something. We are responsible for our own growth. Okay? There will be no more explanations, no more excuses when you stand in front of the boss. Okay? There will be no explanations. There will be no excuses. You will be responsible for your growth. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him both. To him, I don't know why I have a hard time with that. To him be glory both now and forever that different, but that's just me. I'm from Texas. That's too hard. The second thing that we're responsible for, and you ain't going to like this one. None of us do. You are sent responsible for the words that come out of ye mouth. No, Nope. You are responsible for the words that come out. 15:5, the Apostle Paul says, "May the God who gives endurance and encouragement, same attitude of mind. Toward each other, that Christ Jesus, who gives endurance and encouragement. So if I I, I say, listen, what we say and how we more importantly, because I've I've learned to watch what I say, but my face, oh my God. Trolling the face is harder than the tongue, I think. (laughs) By the giggles, I know I'm not the only one, right? But we have to acknowledge that our words and how we say them, we have to understand that words have power. The way we say things have power. You know, I I hate it, it just, I think it rubs me the wrong way because I used to kind of feel like this. Whenever you say something you shouldn't, you say, well, if they done that, I wouldn't have said it. Blame and shame, going back to the first, yeah. Are they that big of a pup? I mean, are you somebody's puppet? Watch, I can make old, old Billy Bob over there by just doing this, that's it? Oh yeah, watch this. Yeah, you're just a puppet in somebody's. If somebody makes you say something, man, you are nothing but a puppet. Control yourself, cowboy. You're bigger and better than that. Don't let anybody else tell you what to say and do. Because no, they did not make you say that. No, you've got to use them as an excuse to let out all your insecurities and pride come out and play. That's what happened. And I know you don't like that, but I don't either. And I'm guilty or more guilty than everybody else about that kind of thing. But we have to understand that our words have, and we are responsible for what we say and how we say it. And all of this is fine and dandy, and you're like, yeah, I don't really like it, but he's right. This is easy. Wait till it happens. Somebody smarts off, you know. Oh man, my, my big pet peeve was, was mouthing off to my kid's mom. <laughs> I could be in the best mood in the world and turn into King Kong if I heard a smart aleck response. And then, I'm responsible for what I say and how I say it. And oftentimes that off-the-cuff remark isn't by far. We are fools if we think we have power. So when should we say something? When should we say something? When should we use the Word? Well, I think according to this scripture, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same mind towards each other in Christ Jesus. Does it push somebody forward, a cliff or in front of a train? Does it lift them up? Are you encouraging? Right? Say something in Christ. Pushes them forward. It is encouraging. You can say something if you have the attitude of mind. of The attitude of the mind of Christ. Loving them, are you big enough to take yourself out and this personal and see that that person that is probably saying what they're doing and they're just as lost and confused in this world as you are? That's the ad. You love them despite what they're saying to you. Because Jesus did. What would Jesus do? I don't really like that. I'm more of the line of this situation in a, in a way that Jesus would be proud of me. Because I'm not Jesus because... If I was Jesus, I'd probably smite some people, and that would not be good. That would not be good. So I'm glad I'm not Jesus, but I can follow him. I can follow him. If it pushes him forward, it is, if it is encouraging, and if you have the attitude of mind of Christ, when should you not say something? All the other times. Everything else, no, not really, not really. You want to know what the hardest thing in the world is? I dare y'all. I'm going to challenge every one of you men. Don't this week. In other words, don't give anybody advice that they didn't. Broach a subject, right? And all of us guy friends are already telling each other, oh, you should do this, you should do that, you should do this. And the funny thing is, we never do what we say. We just think that other people ought to do that, right? But seriously, ask yourself this week of how many times for advice that is unasked for. It's crazy. I've tried it. I can usually make it about 10. I'm up to eleven dress. It's my personal growth. When should you not say anything? If they didn't ask for advice, don't give it. How about say nothing when it's none of your st- right? That's a novel accord. You want to be unlike the world today? All you have to do is just mind your own business and love God. You're you're separated, right? I don't care what anybody thinks. I can care less what anybody thinks. And why do you give your opinion so much? <laughs> Ever wonder if you don't care what anybody it, that'll listen? <laughs> wow, I think you do care what they think. Loving, listen. When should you not say anything? Don't give advice that's not asked for. Put your nose in somebody else's business. And f- loving someone doesn't require words. It requires presence. That preacher loved guy. No words were spoken, but I guarantee you, if that was a true story, it has stood not. Words, you don't need words to love somebody. You do need to be present. So, she for you and everything, maybe we can use something, and I got this. I'd seen it several times. Okay? They should teach this in kindergarten. I think they tried year instead of kindergarten, right? Because we done forgot it by from kindergarten. Well, we went home, but... Think before you speak. Is it true? Is what you want to say, you know that dialogue that's running through you, to get out or you'll explode? You have to ask yourself, is it true? Think before you say. Is it helpful? H. Think before you speak. Is it helpful? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it ring? Think before you speak. Is it necessary? Think before you speak. And finally, my favorite is it kind. And you know, in the grand scheme, if you can memorize that, think before you speak. Helpful, inspire, necessary, and kind. Necessary and kind. Think before you speak. So your personal response growth is your personal responsibility. Nobody can do it for you. You can't be the words. You are responsible for the words you say, and when you say. It. And finally, we've already alluded to it. Your relationship with God is your personal responsibility. I've told this story many times, but there's people, there's always people that come online here for the first time today. Oh gosh, I guess it was about it was many moons ago, five years ago. So it was like whenever I was in the womb. <laughs> I was sitting at a restaurant in Van Horn, Texas. There was only two tables. I think I was a little lucky in the morning. But for somebody who doesn't eat breakfast, that's lunchtime, right? And so uh, I'm sitting in a way, and there's a guy about where that lamp or where that post is right there, and he's facing me. And my cell phone rings, and it's kind of I didn't have it on. By, and it's like, ring! You know, in a restaurant, right? you're like, I to shut it off. And sure enough, the cowboy's sitting facing away. Turned around, and I not I was looking dead in the eye of Captain Woodrow call. Tommy Lee Jones was sitting with one of his ranch hands because he has a ranch Texas, where i was anyway to make a long story short i'm a fan of tommy lee jones i didn't say anything to him when my i recognized him and up and as he was walking out he looked at me he goes you have a, you have a good day cowboy and i said you too mr jones he said thank you jones talked to me right i'm a fan of tommy lee man i've seen all of his most of his movies especially the westerns love the westerns that he's in I know what he looks like. He introduced me to him. The deal. Even though he said hello to me. I know Tommy Lee Jones, but he doesn't know me. Because you see, I'm a fan of Tommy Lee's. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I was going a little, going a little motley crew on you there. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. I'm not a friend. Because see, friends know each other. They know what each other thinks. They know what each other feels. They know when one's having a hard time, the other one knows that they can go to their friend when they're having a hard time. You see the difference between being a fan of this and being a friend of Jesus. Because see, most people mistake. They think they have a personal relationship with Jesus, but they don't. They're just a fan of him. They've read all fans, like Gandhi said. Gandhi said, I'm a big of the people that follow him. Sometimes I think that hits a little too close to home. I don't know. I don't think it's absolutely true, but it, right? See, most Christians fall into the fanboy category instead of a writer for the brand. And I'm really asking y'all to take a deep seat right now and ask yourselves, friend of God, are you Jesus a brother to him? Do you know Him? Do you have to sit and think, what would Jesus do in this situation? No, you don't you know what He would do. Or daughter of God, you know your Father and your Father knows you. Man, I implore each of you to quit being fans of Christianity and start being a father of God. But instead of being, see, is their lives don't really change that much. But an authentic writer for the brand, completely, absolutely, completely, they have ties to the man and mission of Jesus Christ. Thing that you, everything that you have been for is found in that statement right there, Christ. Every single thing that your heart desires within that statement, that's what it'll take. It'll be life. It will the thing you ever did in your life, such as cowboy, especially cowboying for God. We are personally responsible for for the words and the way our face looks when we use words. Responsible for our personal relationship with God. Okay? Is to come up and say, Billy Bob, this is Jesus. Jesus is, well, Jesus, you already knew him, but Jesus is Billy Bob. Y'all have at it. Y'all become buds. I want want you to be friends with Jesus. I don't want you to say, well, I know Jesus. No, 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 no. We are responsible for our own personal relationship with God. Me and my best friend growing up, we had a bright-eyed... See, he bought us... Or he bought him, but I was a friend by proxy. I was a son by proxy, right? His dad bought two steers to buck out so that we could learn, we could cover the decided... The difficulty... Tony slide, slid down, got his pull, put it in. We didn't take no wrap back then. We just folded it over with him. Back to back. And I run my fa- my hand through the flake rope. This as we continue with our study on a biblical responsibility. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, guide us all towards growth through a relationship to your son. Help us to and cowboys of the gospel message, every stinking one of us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We love you. God loves you. God is good. God is real. Let's get out of here.